fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try to Hey everybody and welcome to Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. It's the week 11 preview. We're paving your way to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy trophies, all that good stuff. I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Wolf, how you doing? I had an ugly week last week and it's poised to be an even uglier one this week. Oh man, I'm feeling great. We got my Patriots on in just an hour and a half or so. Cannot wait to go see them whoop the Falcons ass this week, I'd be devastated if that somehow doesn't go this way. But they are rolling. I'm ready to watch Mac Jones continue to ascend to the elite, baby. I'm pumped. And I've got a pretty decent matchup on my hands. Not a ton of buys. I know the Rams are a big one. And I know that's why you're probably rolling out an ugly one with that beautiful cup and Stafford stack removed. That must suck. But ultimately, I don't have a ton of hard buys to deal with. So I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. How about you, right. man? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm, I have the... Stafford, Higby, Cup, Stack, all on the bench. Oh. But as I was saying to you, it's it's stunning what I've going through uh, this week and this year, really. So take those three out. Cordell Patterson injured. Maybe he'll play. I don't really feel like some you could roll the dice on him right now. I mean that we might yeah. talk about that in in the show, but I, I'm not comfortable doing it. So he's out. Um, Eli Mitchell banged up. Might play. Might not. Um, Chris Carson still on the IR. Calvin Ridley hasn't played football since week seven. Um, and then Antonio Brown in dealing in fake vaccination cards and injured on top of that. So I'm missing literally all those guys. That's like seven or six or seven big names and they're all gone. Um, and so I'm not too optimistic about this week, but I am looking forward to the Thursday night football game. I see every reason to believe that the Patriots are going to win in a route. Oh yeah. They absolutely yeah. should win in a route. This one should be over by halftime. We will see. And just breaking news. And I guess we can just jump right into this, but as we do we'll jump in. If you can, please consider giving this a thumbs up as we continue to try to grow the channel. It does mean a lot. It does help us get out to more people. I wouldn't ask for it. So whether you're here for the replay, whether you're here with us live, please consider giving us that thumbs up as we will rip through some injury news for tonight, for the week 10. And then as you know, higher, lower, Hail Mary, within 40 minutes, we'll be answering all those questions. I see we're already over 10 questions in that mailbag. Love to see it. We usually go over 100 I want over 100 tonight, baby. Get us all those questions. And as always, the Super Chat does get you right to the top of the list. Not necessary by any means. We typically get through them all. But if you want to make sure you get your question in or you want to support the site or both, a great way to do it. But a thumbs up, a nice, easy, free way to do it. The breaking news I was alluding to, Nat, Cordell Patterson is officially inactive tonight. Not okay. Planned. Well, then I'm definitely not taking a chance. <laughs> nope. No need to swing those fences. It would have been kind of a question because he's been so damn good all year. Had he been playing, it's like, yeah, probably don't want to take that risk. But I have a few teams where that would have been like one of my only options. So I got to come up with my backup plan now. I was sneaky holding out hope. He is inactive. It's going to be an ugly. I mean, who is it going to be now? Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Trash all year. Wayne Gallman saw more work last week, but we already wanted to cover that. Wayne Gallman, the coach, came out and said, like, kind of threw him under the bus. Yeah, the only reason he was in there is because we're getting blown out and uh, we want to keep our other guys. And it was, fresh, a, so. and it was a short week, right? Exactly. So I don't expect Wayne Gallman to be the leader here. I do expect it to be Mike Davis at 5,800 on uh, DraftKings in the showdown. Our guy, Rich Genos, who has won 300K before in DraftKings, recommends you put Mike Davis in as your captain. I am not that psycho. I personally yeah. am going Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson, and I'm actually playing them both tonight because I think the Pats t running backs are going to run in three, maybe four combined rushing touchdowns tonight. So that's kind of my prediction of how this game will flow. I think we're just going to be in control the entire time. Speaking of Damian Harris, practice in full, right? So yeah. ultimately has to be. I've gotten so many sit starts on Damian Harris. You'd have to, he's top 20 for me this week. You'd have to have some really, really strong options. Now the better question that becomes, what are your thoughts on Ramondre Stevenson coming off two touchdowns in a hundred yards? Is he also a must start for you? A must start? I don't know. It really depends on your roster, but I mean, it's a reasonable start. Like, I think you have him ranked right below Harris, something like, like 23, 24, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I if you said both these guys were going to have pretty substantial fantasy days, I, I wouldn't call that crazy even a little bit. 
you know, Absolutely. you hate you hate any sort of like kind of backfield by committee, which kind of seems like you're creeping into that territory. But they're both really good, and they both seem to have the potential to get the touches and produce when they get them. So, no, I'm not going to say he's a must start, but yeah, I mean, I, if I had him on my team, I would be starting him right now. I can tell you that. Yeah, I think I think both. Like I said at the top, I think both backs find the end zone. I think the last big news to drop, and it doesn't seem like it should be big news, but Brandon Bolden is questionable tonight. If he's out, then Stevenson becomes the de facto third down back. Now that makes him even more juicy, potentially even juicier than uh, our man Damian Harris here, who will be the lead back. He will score a touchdown. He always scores touchdowns. So we will see. Uh, but yeah, I think both those guys are fantastic plays here against a Falcons team, get up the fifth most points to running backs, and they're going to just dominate all day. So that's kind of it for Thursday night news as far as I saw. Is there anything else that we missed? No, that's it for Thursday night news. But Kevin uh, Rice has just thrown us some money and has a quick question for you. So why don't you hit him before we get into quarterbacks injuries and stuff like that? Fair enough. You know what? We won't go through the whole show when we got super chats already flying our way. Much appreciated. Made it to the side of Monday. Thanks to Rams not going off. Love it. Glad you glad we still get you alive. Remember he was talking about throwing himself off the bridge or some shit? Yeah. Uh, he's still here with us. I love it. This week, are we going more? I'm not a big fan of DJ Moore, so probably not. Pollard, Sanders, or Peoples Jones. Well, if those are the options, then maybe we are going DJ Moore, folks. Yeah, Moore is looking better and better. Seriously. I don't hate Miles Sanders if he's playing. He's no guarantee to be activated this week. It becomes a lot more tricky if he is, because otherwise Moore is the clear top option for me here. He does have Cam Newton coming back. I don't know that that's 100% of a positive. Can't be worse than Sam Donald or PJ Walker, though. He did have a decent rapport with Cam their last time together. I imagine that those guys can get it going again. I Again, I'm about eight spots lower in the ECR than DJ Moore. But when you compare with these other options, I'm higher than any of those other guys too. Rest of the season, more outlook. It does come down to him and Cam, who, again, they did have a decent enough rapport. I believe he was like a top 25 weekly receiver with Cam. I'd have to go back and look at that though, Kevin. I don't know if we'll have time to do that quite tonight because you know how Thursdays go. You're a regular here, Kevin. You know these shows get insane with the questions. So, I don't, maybe you can look that up, Kevin, while we're talking. Let me know when Moore was last playing with Cam. How did he finish as a receiver? Was it his rookie year? It might have been his rookie and sophomore year. And he was pretty solid. He's always, touchdowns have always evaded the guy. That's the rub is like with Cam and Christian McCaffrey in the red zone, you're not going to be getting touchdowns from DJ Moore. But could he get 100 yards? Could he have seven to eight catches? Absolutely. Against the Washington team, giving up the second most points to receivers, first most points to quarterbacks. Very viable play. He is by far my favorite option here, and I don't usually recommend him. So I like more this week. What do you think is truth on this one? Uh, I agree with your analysis of that, although I am curious, just like you said, about how did he do last time he was with Cam? I don't really remember. So I wouldn't mind yeah. somebody checking it out. All right, let's get into quarterbacks. Um, Taysom Hill. Oh, yeah, injury roundup, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. Thumbs Taysom up, Hill. guys. Thank yeah, you so much for considering doing that for us. Let's get it. Taysom Hill, foot injury. He did not participate in Thursday's practice, and that is two in a row for him. What do you think moving forward here? Yeah, that's sketchy. I know a couple people have been holding him out in hopes that he'd be a quarterback with the Konami upside. Konami upside. I've actually been corrected in the DMs. Thank you, Dookie Bruce, for that. It's Konami, not Konami. <laughs> I've been saying it wrong my entire life, baby. Uh, but yeah, that ultimately what is actionable. One, don't hold on Taysom Hill thinking about any of that Konami upside anymore. But two, if he is out, that also really does help out. Like Mark Ingram, if he's the starter, we'll talk about Kamara in a sec. The running back ceilings actually get significantly higher given a, what a goal line presence he has there. So cut him and also feel better about whatever running back is starting there. Baker Mayfield returned to Browns practice. The only reason that's worth mentioning is they get the Detroit Lions this week. A solid matchup. I still don't want him in my lineups unless I am absolutely desperate. But there's some desperate situations here this week, so maybe you got to consider it. Aaron Rodgers of the previous COVID issues is now dealing with a toe injury and did not participate in practice on Thursday, but there's every reason to believe he will be playing this week. So this is probably a nothing. Probably nothing. Obviously track tomorrow's status. Friday is always a big one for these type of non-injuries that become bigger things. We'll see Lamar Jackson also similar in that boat remains sideline on Thursday with a non-COVID injury. Uh, that seems to always happen with this guy, always out there with illnesses that aren't. He must have the worst immune system ever. He's Either had COVID way, twice. COVID twice. And, and I think he's vaccinated. Exactly. It's it's a tough situation here for Lamar. But ultimately, expect him to be out there. I could be stunned if this uh, this disease, this illness, whatever you want to call it, keeps him out. But obviously track that for tomorrow and heading into the weekend. 
Kyler Murray, and this is a very specific headline, ankle injury, participated in the open portion of Cardinals practice on Thursday. So, you know, if there was a closed portion, there's a chance he was not a part of that. This is three practices in a row that he's been uh, a part of, which is significant. Also kind of uh, telling that that's a big deal. I mean, the guy has been a little bit fragile lately, but it looks like he's going to be drawing a limited designation again. And I don't know. We'll see. You think he's going to be available on Sunday? I mean, I guess it's a crapshoot, right? I think so. Big divisional matchup. I know the Seahawks are pretty much out of it at this point, but you got to always win your they division suck. games. Three, two games already rested. I think that wake up call against the the Panthers. They don't want to keep going that far downhill as they go into the playoffs. So I do think he plays. Obviously, just a guess though. I don't know. I actually haven't looked what time they play. We'll have to check that because obviously a four p.m. start is a whole lot trickier of a situation than a 1 p.m. If it's Arizona and Seattle, there's no way they're playing at 1 p.m. No, there's not. That's a good point. So you're going to probably have to have a backup plan ready for that one. We will find out. Moving on to running backs, and one of the bigger storylines is Eli Mitchell, who has dominated this 49ers backfield share, but he has not been practicing. He was on the side with a non-contact jersey. Officially was listed as it just came out as a did-not-practice sidelined on Thursday. We'll see. Coach Shanahan said he's still optimistic about his playing time on Sunday. I, I don't believe a word that ever comes out of Kyle Shanahan's mouth. Neither should you. Jeff Wilson has to be rostered everywhere in case that, that Mitchell sits. He'd be a smash play. I know we got that goose egg, Matt, but I will go right back to the Jeff Wilson well if Elijah Mitchell is out. All right. Saquon <laughs> Barkley, ankle injury, limited in Thursday's practice. It's their first practice of the week so far, so we'll see what, what happens. They're playing Monday night. Saquon Barkley, every time I see his name come up in these things, I just kind of shake my head. You know, such an amazing talent. Seriously, like one of the like the best raw talent running backs I've almost ever seen. And I've never believed in him just because of the destination he ended up in. I know he did have like a really good fantasy season. But, I mean, you know, it's just played out. It matters so much more. The team you've got, the line that's blocking for you and everything else. I hope this guy comes into his own at some point. I really do it. it yeah, he's so damn talented, like you said. Uh, and if he's out there, he's got to be in your lineups. That's yeah, you got to play. No matter the situation, no matter the injury concerns, he's so damn good, like you said. But yeah, it, it sucks that he hasn't got. Imagine him with like imagine he was the Chiefs, you know, in that offense. Something of that nature would be crazy. Alvin Kamara downgraded to a DNP after practicing in a limited fashion yesterday. Midweek downgrades. Never a good thing. And then it comes out from our boy, Nick Underhill. He's dealing with an MCL sprain. That's usually like a three to five week injury at best. So I don't know what's happening here, but the midweek setback, not responding well to Wednesday's limited session. My guess is Mark Ingram is going to be starting. Last time he was in there, 85% of the snaps, over 18 fantasy points, regardless of your scoring settings, over 20 in full PPR, peppered with targets as he always is. Mark Ingram will be a smash top 15 play should Kamara sit. Brown's offensive coordinator says that Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton are trending in the right direction for a week 11 return from the reserve COVID list. So all you Demetric Felton fans out there, you can breathe a little easier. Seems like he's going to be okay. Also, by the way, their center, Nick Harris, is on the same path. Obviously, it would be nice to have Chubb back. It is not a guarantee yet. Dearness Johnson is kind of the real deal. You know, oh, I don't know. Yeah. You see some cheese nibbling there in the future? I don't. I mean, I think Dearness could still carve out some value this type of week when they're facing Detroit, the third most points allowed to running backs. They're going to be up big and big early, in my opinion. I think Nick Chubb, though, the path of being up big is him putting up 25 fantasy points in like two to three quarters. He's going to steamroll this team, assuming he's out there. And if not, Dearness Johnson should be right up there in your top 10 fantasy running backs this week, maybe even top five, given the matchup, given how productive he's been in tougher matchups this season. Love I really love Nick Chubb as a top three back. And then if he's out, of course, Dearness Johnson would be top seven probably for me. And even if he's in, I think Dearness has to be in your top 25, top 30-ish. Definitely a fringe play. Derrick Henry, there's some optimism. He'll return to early July. That would put him right in line for your fantasy January, January. not July. You just said oh, July. July. Yeah, that, that would be tough. Uh, January. So That would not January, be an optimistic headline. Fourth of July fantasy championships, folks. Get those fireworks ready. Uh, now, January, that would put him in line for week 17, which would be your championship weeks. That would be a tough, I, I don't know. That's so hard to recognize. Like, do you trust this guy coming off the big injury in the, the, the all the marbles on the line? Probably. Like, how yeah. could you not? I guess we'll find out when we get there. But certainly positive things to see. No doubt about it. All right, before we move on to wide receivers, Mike Duty's got a quick question. Why don't you hit that before we move on to wide receivers? Oh, we got a little super chat action in there. Little super chat action, yeah. 
All righty. Let me, uh, let me find this. Are you able to pull it up? I'm trying yeah. to find it. Oh, there it is. Mike, Mike, Mike Duty. So go ahead. Hell yeah. Thank you, Mike Duty. We appreciate the support, brother. Uh, sit one, Swift, Dylan, Evans, Jefferson, PPR. You have Harrison Adams. Of course, they're locked in. You got some great options here, Mike Duty. Jeez. He really does. Um, And I got to sit one of these guys. That's uh, it. Uh, man. Dare I say Evans? I think I Evans was going to say Evans, Evans or Dylan, but probably leaning towards Evans. Yeah, I, I can't bench Dylan, I don't think, this week. With uh, the full workload coming in, you know he's going to get about 20 touches. Whereas Evans, could he go for three touchdowns against the Giants? No doubt about it. He should have also gone for three touchdowns against Washington last week, and he didn't. He didn't, though. He is the type of guy, a little bit boomer busty, compared to the rest of this list, where everybody you know is going to be getting some steady volume. I think Evans might be my least favorite here. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm leaning. That's where you're leaning to, Truth. I am leaning there, and honestly, the Evans, the reason that it's a lean instead of like I feel pretty confident about it is that, you know, Evans is a name, and he's the number one dog in that offense right now. But right now, gun to my head, I can't believe I'm saying it. I think I would pick Dylan over him. You got so many good options there, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's got a great team. (laughs) I don't know that you can go wrong. I think all those guys are going to play well. I guess the only way you go wrong is like the biggest blow-up upside of them all is Evans. So you bench like 40-point outbursts. Like, that's going to suck. I was going to say he's probably going to end up with some points on his bench. I really, and I I don't have a bad feeling about him at at all. It's just compared to those other great options. That's really a tough one, but thanks so much, Mike. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. On the wide receivers. Let's get into wide receivers. (laughs) Give us a thumbs up, please. And you know, Antonio Brown, because my team doesn't have enough problems. I mean, first thing first is that uh, a league source says that Antonio Brown due to his ankle injury still has a long way to go. I mean, I remember last week I was all excited because he shed the walking boot. I guess he's still not there. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, evidently, there have been charges from his personal, a uh, former personal chef that he's like in the um, uh, fake vaccination card black market or something wow. like that. Or he's like been acquiring them or he has them or whatever. So that's just another nice thing to think about. But his lawyer, in response to that, told NFL Network's Ian Rappaport today that his client is, in fact, vac- vaccinated. Who the hell knows what's going on? But it's just a headache that I don't need. What a what a headache indeed. <laughs> I actually got offered today Mark Ingram for Antonio Brown. And these latest reports, like it would have been a hammer smash. I don't know about this anymore. I feel I think I still take it, but I do also have Evans on my team, which does cloud that a little bit. I don't know. I, it seems like something I don't really want to deal with. And my locker room is trending right now. Everything's feeling good. This is the type of presence that's very risky to add to your locker room this late into the season. We will find out. A guy that does not matter in fantasy at all, but fun to talk about. Allen Robinson, biggest sure of the year. Oh, God. Hamstring does not practice. I guess the only reason this is worth bringing up is, well, one, he was a third-round pick, so that sucks. I was all in on him on the third round, too. Sucks for me. Sucks for you. Blows for all of us. I cut him everywhere I had him. Why is he on your roster? He shouldn't be. But Darnell Mooney, already a pretty okay play with Justin Fields trending, would be that much stronger with Allen Robinson out of the lineup. Chase Claypool, also dealing with a toe injury, remained limited in Thursday's practice, and there was not really much of an update forthcoming from Tomlin. So we're basically waiting and seeing in that situation. News on that as it comes. Yeah, he was listed as week to week, so this is actually a pretty positive development to see after one week missed time. He is practicing in at least limited fashion. You could feel good that if he's not out there this week, probably will be back in a week. Kadarius Tony is no longer on the injury report. Meanwhile, Sterling Shepard is sidelined. I hate to say Tony could blow it all up again because I've been wrong on that quite a few times. I continue to trust him. He continues to disappoint me. I have the lingerings of this 189-yard day, the most ridiculous grabs and, and after-the-catch ability. He should be getting peppered with this type of setup. I don't know that I can promise he will be, even when he was in the slot last time, did not get peppered. I don't know what's going on. I wish Jason Garrett was a smarter human being. He is not, but... No, he sure I, I have a hard time not playing Tony in this type of matchup if he's in there and there's no Shepard. I'll tell, tell you that. Let me know if you guys have Tony questions. Up to about 30 questions. Love to see it. Keep them coming in. 41 people cool. here with us live. Thumbs up. Let's get it going, Wolfpack. We got a super chat to hit, but we're going to finish wide receivers first, and then we'll do it before tight ends. Cole Beasley dealing with rib issues. Um, you know, returned to Bill's practice on Thursday. However, it was noted in these notes, and I've – knew this also from watching the Bills game. The guy played nine snaps last week. So not a guy I would be jumping up and down to trust in my starting lineup unless you had to. I mean, there's a lot of injuries, buys, stuff like that. Maybe you got to. I don't know. Do you trust him this week? 
Cole Beasley? No. Yeah. No, think. not at all. I do think you, you jumped over the fact that CeeDee Lamb's operating as their slot receiver. We saw the results this last week. 94 yards, two touchdowns, absolutely unguardable when they move him to the slot. So now that Gallup's back, that's going to be a positive move for him, a great matchup this week. I can't wait for that Chiefs-Cowboys shootout, mm-hmm. baby. That should be one a hell of a game this week. Uh, why'd, so you be like, why'd you be like 10 to six or something? Oh God, that would be horrible. But he is in my top five receivers. I don't think we're going to get any questions on lamb, but DFS wise, just another reason to want to go to this guy. All right. Hollywood Brown thigh injury remains sidelined on Thursdays. We have not heard much uh, about him from the coaching staff or anything, uh, but obviously everybody's paying close attention. This is the alpha dog in the Ravens passing game. Uh, although we have seen Rashad Bateman make legitimate strides. We'll let you know what uh, is going on with Brown when we hear it. Yeah, he had 19 points in all but three games this season. One of them he should have had 35. So he's been damn steady other than the time that you were lubed up and ready for him. He just turned you down. So I was I'm willing. <laughs> just don't want that. No, thank you. Uh, but, but yeah, track that one. He's had these type of practice reports before where he misses the first couple of days, gets eliminated on Friday, and he's good to go and gets you 19. Probably going to be fine. DeAndre Hopkins, though, a little more questionable, was not seen at practice on Thursday. This would be his third straight missed week. It doesn't seem like he is trending the right way. Certainly something to track. Seattle would put him right into your starting lineups if he is in there, but we don't know. We are now going to move to tight ends, but first we got two super chats to hit, and we will be sure to hit those as we always do. JT86TN, five bucks, thanks. With Kamara's situation, do I play Damian Harris tonight or wait and play Ingram if Kamara sits? Good question. Oh, man, this is a really tough one, and I need to know first, who is your next option if Kamara doesn't sit? Because I'd love – Harris tonight, I would much prefer him over Ingram if Kamara is playing. To me, it does seem like Kamara is trending towards out. So if you have a decent fallback option, I would much rather have Ingram without Kamara than I would rather have Harris. Even if I'd rather have Harris a lot more than Ingram, should Kamara play? If Kamara playing, your backup option is Ingram again. I'd rather just play Harris and watch him score a touchdown maybe two tonight. He's going to find the end zone. He might find it twice. I'd probably play him tonight. But if you have a decent second fallback option, someone you don't mind even above Ingram if Kamara does play, then we can get talking here. So let us know, JT86TN. We will certainly be looking for that. Right now, though, without knowing your situation, I would probably just roll Harris and get that touchdown tonight. He is full Hold on. He just put at the bottom his running backs are Kamara, Najee, Ingram, Harris, and Javante. Uh, where is that? Sorry. Oh, the very last. Kamara, Najee, Ingram, Harris, Javante. So he'd have Najee. He'd have Harris. But then it'd be so it'd be Ingram because because there's no Javante yep. this week. There'd yep. be uh, Kamara. Also, we'd have Kamara. So mm-hmm. it's it's essentially just wait it out. I would wait this out because you either get Ingram right. or you get Kamara. Like I would I would actually end up now that you know you have Kamara. So yeah, I would probably wait this out. That being said, I do think Damian Harris gets you two touchdowns. But especially if you play, uh, did he specify whether there's leagues with PPR or not? I can't. No. Uh, no. Uh, so that does obviously help out too. Uh, you know, Ingram's that much more valuable if you get reception points, as is Kamara. I would probably wait it out for your Saints running backs. A good matchup. Philly's giving up yep. the seventh most points to backs. Either of those guys would be a better option. Whether Kamara's in there, it's Kamara. He's, of course, in your lineup. And if he's not, Ingram would be a better option than Harris tonight. So I'm probably, if I'm you, I'm waiting that one out. Let's hit my our boy Mitch Chavez too. A nice generous. Mitch says, thank, thank you for the support, by the way, again. We yeah. always want to reach you. So Thanks, thank man. You. Cheers and Mitch says, I'm being offered Josh Allen, Diggs, Saquon, Booker. That's a lot of people. For Hertz, Metcalf, Jonathan Taylor, and uh, Mike Williams. Full PPR, top seven are all very close, and six get into the playoffs. Bye weeks covered if I take Allen's side also. This is tough, man. This is a I always hate names, this but... level of blockbuster trade when you're talking about like four on each side. That's a huge Think shame. about the locker room. Think about the locker room. So – I look at it this way. I think Allen and Diggs are getting back to that level of last year. I mean, we had 40 points from Diggs last week, and they have a pretty I'm, soft I'm, schedule moving I forward. I love the stack, too. I love the stack. You get the, the Giants backfield, so you know you have either Saquon or Booker. That's going to be either a top seven weekly option with Saquon or a top 15 option. But it's that's, really a, that's a legitimate downgrade from Jonathan Taylor. Yes. Oh, huge downgrade. DK's also, you know, I'd rather have Diggs. I'd rather have Allen. So big upgrades on the first two. Big digs to Metcalf, I guess a little exaggerated, but I don't know. Diggs is certainly safer each and every week. Mike Williams, to me, it's like, he's kind of one of those team camps. I tweeted this out today where it's like, Amari Cooper is the same way where you know they have 30-point upside, so you almost always play them, but far more often than not, they're hurting. You're getting getting seven. 
and then you send them to the bench and they that's often when they have their blow up right so i i think i take this deal i mean i don't i'm i don't know but hurts also has the easiest playoff schedule the easiest rest of season schedule this is a true toss up i and hurts is like a top him. he's like penciled in as like a top 7 guy even though he's not that good Exactly. My question, I guess, would be, be who do your receivers become? Like, is Williams kind of out of your lineup anyways? He's just kind of a throw-in? And he probably should be at this point. But I think I take that. I think the Allen Diggs connection, that's going to start really cooking here down the stretch. I think I take this one, Mitch. That's close, though. It's a little closer than I want to be like, hammer that deal. But push comes to shove, I do think I take this one. Yeah, Mitch. Good question. All right. Good question, indeed. All right. All right moving, moving on to tight ends, and it's a quick one. There's only two. Gronk, he's back issues he's been dealing with he's been out for a few weeks now he was a full participant in thursday's practice no limited no nothing like that full participant gronk's back he was great when he played earlier in the year you expecting some greatness out of him he's the tight end one across his first three games it's hard to expect anything other than a good touchdown bet especially with no antonio brown at least very unlikely to see him this week yeah i I think he's got to be he's my number six tight end the way i thought of it is hunter henry is my tight end five I'd actually play him ahead of Gronk and not because I think I would he's too. better than Gronk, but just because what if Gronk has a setback? We don't know. You have to wait this one out till Monday. But if, as long as you're not playing Hunter Henry tonight, I would – What come? the question for me would be, all right, you have Kyle Pitts and Rob Gronkowski. Do you play Pitts tonight or do you wait it out? I'm nervous about Pitts. I, think I would Pitts play Gronk over Pitts. I'm not kidding. I'd play Gronk over Pitts. I think I would too. I, I think Pitts is the classic. Like He's the only weapon they have. And that is exactly what the Patriots specialize in is deleting him. I think they're going to have three people on him all night. I think we're going to see a pathetic outing from him. I think a lot of people are in agreement with that. So this is the classic, like everybody's group thinking bad pits night. He has 150 and two, but I'm, I'm off him. I'm off him tonight. He we will get to higher low Hail Mary a little bit. We'll talk yeah. about him. there. <laughs> One more guy and we'll be there. Go ahead. And Dallas got a concussion return to practice. He's averaging nearly 40% of the targets from Jalen hurts. Yeah. Pretty damn solid. Thanks. And actually pretty good team against the tight end, but that doesn't really scare me away. I think God, it's right there in my top eight tight ends. Probably in lineups. Probably in lineups. Higher, right. lower Hail Mary. As we go to higher, lower Hail Mary, hit the like button. Um, we got 70 questions right now or 70 oh, comments yeah, or whatever. It. Um, it's 732. We got time. We've been moving pretty quick. Um, like you said, give us a like, give us a love, give us whatever you need to give us. Um, higher, lower, Hail Mary. Let's go to quarterback. This guy you're higher on, Cam Newton. He's going against the Washington football team, who seemed like cannon fodder for the Bucks last week, and we're not. Uh, you've got him as your QB 11. That's four spots above the experts. I love Cam here. Oh, I love Cam indeed. Number one matchup for QBs. The guy already had two touchdowns in two plays in his first NFL start this year. Or not start, rather. First NFL action, not even a start. He's been trending towards the only reason I wouldn't love him is if they haven't like, officially committed cam to being the starter but he will be the konami upside is so damn high given that sam Darnold led the nfl in rushing touchdowns not among qbs but among everybody for the first five weeks they love that zone read i think cam's going to be a great fit for this offense i was really excited to see it before he got released uh I- i'm looking forward to this one i think he's going to smash him he's only 5100 on DraftKings too that is my lock button you're getting him in at qb you're getting probably 25 fantasy points 30-something points of upside, in my opinion. Still has a solid arm, in my opinion. Robbie Anderson caught a touchdown. Maybe he gets brought back to life. Those weapons, that rushing upside, this matchup, it is just so gorgeous. I agree. Russell Wilson's a guy you're lower on going against the Cardinals. You got him as your QB 13. Not much of a difference, really, with the experts. They got him at 11, two spots lower. I find it pretty hard to trust Seahawks right now. Yeah, until I see it from Russ, whether it was the, the finger bothering, whether he's just rusty and shaking it off, I don't know, and I don't really care. I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to play Cam Newton ahead of him, just given that we saw 161 scoreless yards, uh, 50% completion percentage, looked just lost out there with only eight fantasy points this last week. Arizona, a bottom five matchup for quarterbacks. It could get turned into one of those shootout-style games and Russ goes bananas. Awesome. Would be great. I would love it for fantasy purposes. But as of right now, on my bench for guys like Newton, Tannehill, you know, Jalen Hurts. Like, no way I could have Russell Wilson above those guys. Hail Mary, Jimmy G, going at Jacksonville. He's the guy I picked up to replace Stafford this week. He's only 26% rostered. I'm actually trying to move off him. I've actually decided I, uh, if, if I'm able to, and I don't know if this will go through, I'm going to try to pick up Tannehill instead against the Texans. Um, I don't know. 
That, I mean, I, I'll be happy. If I don't get it, I will start Jimmy G and feel pretty confident. But I just kind of decided I like Tannehill against the Texans a little more. But anyway, he seems like a really good pickup given the matchup. Oh, 100%. Only 25% rostered. And, of course, I would go Tannehill against Houston. That's a team he just historically smashes. That's the most people because the Texans are just abysmal. But Jimmy G. I mean, G's most people smash three. the Jags, too, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Quarterback three these last three weeks, 27-20, and a mediocre 15 points last week. That was actually good for the QB 13. That's how bad QBs were last week. Very solid numbers. A very easy matchup against the Jags, as you just mentioned. There's no reason to think we don't get right around 250 to 300 yards, two to three touchdowns. The only reason that won't happen is if they just pound that running game time and time again. But the Jags, big play surrenderers to the max. I think Jimmy G has himself yet another great day uh, and definitely viable. Should be far more rostered. At this point, it's very clear. Like, I think people still have that Trey Lance hesitancy. No, He's going to come, come in and vulture goal line carries. Jimmy Garoppolo had two rushing touchdowns two weeks ago. Like, there's there's rushing upside. It's not We're not going to see Trey Lance this year, in my opinion. Right. And the benefit of Jimmy G is not only this week is a great smash play, the fantasy playoffs, the easiest schedule among all QBs. So he has some long tail value too. Definitely a viable streamer. Yeah, if you don't like Jimmy G, that's fair. But don't not like him because of Trey Lance at this point. Yeah. That that ship has sailed. Um, <laughs> must watch. Uh, we have talked about Cam Newton's return. We're, of course, very excited about that. Also, Justin Fields off a of bye. And uh, we're looking at the best two performances he had. And also, we got the Chiefs and Cowboys shootout that we referred to earlier, which it's like it should be, but like – how shocked would you be if it wasn't? I'd be pretty shocked. I think the Cowboys will certainly do their part. And the way that that Pat Mahomes looked this last week, I, I'm just getting the popcorn ready. It, it oh, is I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Like, so it does look like it's so much of a lock to shoot out that that's so often you're right, Truth. It does become like, fuck, what, you 15 to 20. And you're like, God damn it. Like, why? Why? Let's get all the points. I think, oh, wow. I think we're going to get one of those like overtime – 40 to you know 37, one of those crazy I hope games. So. What I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I can't wait as well, though, to see what Justin Fields does. As you mentioned, two of his best performances, the two best performances of his career, the highest rated quarterback in week uh, eight before the bye really? by Pro Football Focus's rating against the Steelers, a good defense. Now he gets a decent matchup here against the Ravens, Konami upside against that team, giving up a ton of points on the ground. I'd love to see what this guy can do. We talked about him being a potential season winner. He had that upside these last couple of weeks. I would only 36% rostered right now. If he's out there in your league, if you need a quarterback, first I'd go to Cam, but I would also love to stash Justin Fields alongside him to see how the stretch run plays out. All right, let's hit running backs. And we got a lot of questions piling up. James Conner is a guy you're higher on uh, than most. He's going against the Seahawks. You got him as your RB8. Wow, that's a three spots higher than the experts. You also like Damian Harris. We've talked about the New England running backs uh, a little bit earlier in the show going against Atlanta. You got him as your RB23, three spots above the experts. Yeah, it, it comes down to you're probably playing James Conner anyways. Most of you knew that, but I have him above Eckler, Swift, Kamara if he plays, Fournette, Robinson. A lot of experts don't have that. I think he's going to destroy the Seahawks, get up the second most points on the ground, and I think this is a lot of people like he had an okay game last week. He scored. He got to like 12 fantasy points and it was like, meh. I think this is the week where it's like a lot of people get off him in DFS. He's at 6,200 or so. And I think he goes bananas. So I am definitely all in on James Conner this week. I think he's going to kill it. And as I said at the top, I think you have to start Damian Harris. He started to climb a little bit in the rankings. I actually have him now up to running back 21. Uh, I'd actually rather have him than Michael Carter, who I have ahead of him. So let's call him running back 20 couple spots above the experts. He's going to destroy this defense. I think him and Ramondre, as I said at the top, both go for scores. I think both of them are very viable in your lineups, but especially Damian Harris. Well, you mentioned Michael Carter in your lower category, actually, going against Miami. You got him as your RB20, three spots below the experts. The guy, main guy, the highest guy that you're differing on, also three spots different. You got Austin Eckler going against the Steelers. You like him at nine. The experts like him at six. Yeah, I mean, you're not benching Austin Eckler in 99% of situations, but I do want to point out the fact uh, for DFS players and different things that Austin Eckler across his last four weeks has put up eight points, running back 35, 21, nice game, running back four, 10, running back 28, and 13, running back 17. So he's been outside the top 17 running backs in three of his last games, outside the top 25 running backs in two of his last four games. I mean, that's not great. That's not like the Austin Eckler must start blow-ups. And then you get him against Pittsburgh, the third hardest matchup for running backs. Like, 
should we lock him in above Swift? Do we need him above AJ Dillon? I don't know. I, I, I have my doubts. I have my reservations. And then Michael Carter, you got Joe Flacco coming in. The reason Michael Carter has been so damn good is, yeah, he's a pretty good talent. But Mike White, just over 40% of his passes going to the running back position. So many of those going to Michael Carter. Flacco does like throwing to his running backs, but certainly not at a 40% clip. Miami has stifled up a little bit, certainly against the run. That D-line is actually better than they get credit for. I don't know that Carter has that good of a day. I think we're getting one of those like eight to nine point duds. He shouldn't be ahead of guys like Harris, like Gibson, like Darrell Williams. Like even I think on the other side, Miles Gaskin. I'm bumping him down big right now. I'm not into him this week. He's higher in my rankings on the site right now. And as we talk, I'm putting him down. He's going to be minus five spots than the ECR for me at this point. I'm not, I'm not that into him this week. I'm not. I can't believe we just mentioned Joe Flacco on the podcast. Who, by the way, we found I found out today is not vaccinated. Did it get um, the hairs on your neck all tingling? Joe Flacco, the elite one, baby. <laughs> God, he's such a piece of shit. Um, not because of the vaccine, just because he's terrible at football. Yeah. Um, Hail Mary, Jeff Wilson, the Wolves boy, going against Jacksonville, 30% owned. <laughs> also, uh, longer shot, Salvin Ahmed against the Jets, 3%. Anybody against the Jets at 3%, you might want to roll the dice on. A hundred percent. That's the that's the whole case. The Jets have routinely given up monster games to the running back position, and it generally involves more than just one back. You usually see one back go for like 25. You usually see a compliment go for 16 to 20. Ahmed right now with no Malcolm Brown is the clear number two. I think he finds the end zone. I think he's a great desperation Hail Mary at 4K on DraftKings. And if you are just desperate for a running back, I would rather have him than like a Wayne Gallman at this point. Um, so yeah, I think he is a viable play. Indeed, and as we talked, Jeff Wilson a lot less available. He's at about 30% owned. But now that we got these questions about Eli Mitchell, he would be a top 16-ish play, in my opinion, as the lone last-standing guy. In fact, Kyle Shanahan like went out of his way today to be like, no, Trey Sermon isn't going to get any reps no matter what happens. Everyone really like Trey Sermon. Mitchell. Yeah, fuck Trey Sermon, man. What an awful, <laughs> awful play. But yeah, at this point, uh, those are great Hail Marys. Again, Ahmed, far, far available. Wilson, though, I think he has to be rostered in pretty much every league where we await what happens with Eli Mitchell. What if we find out Eli Mitchell goes to the IR? And now you have Jeff Wilson. I'll be so effing pissed. (laughs) It could happen. It could happen. A surgery. Surgeries are always sketchy. We'll see how he recovers. They're optimistic again, but I I, I don't believe a word that comes out of that fucking man's mouth. All right. We're going to have to hustle. We got like 95 questions. Uh, Must watches. Saquon Barkley's return. Deontay Foreman, Tennessee takeover. Well, I mean, he rushed 11 times for 30 yards last week. Sounds like a takeover to me. Uh, David (laughs) Montgomery getting a full workload and the Patriots running back distribution after the Stevenson blow up. That one we already touched on. Anything you want to say on any of these? Yeah, I just, they're they're all the must watches indeed. Uh, In particular, Barkley. I really want to see how healthy this guy is. He could be a monster down the stretch for teams. But I, I also am very intrigued. Like the takeover, as you hinted at, that wasn't like a takeover already. Eleven carries, fifty percent of the rushing share, so it's not a takeover. It was but, a takeover of like a country that was begging to be taken over. It, right, exactly. There's th- these are the things we need to see. Is one AP had all the goal line snaps. He didn't get that. Many, you know, Tannehill scored on a bootleg, and AP got stuffed on the one. He was in for all those inside the five yard line carries. This would be a true takeover if we can see Foreman ascend to that role in addition to seeing more work. And I don't see what the Titans had to lose. Why are you going to feed an AP that just doesn't have it right now? It's done. It's sad. I thought he might still have it at 36. He's always like the wonder kid, but no, he doesn't have it anymore. And then I just really want to see what David Montgomery, he had almost 80% of the workload last time out. I want to see this guy coming up by. He has the third easiest playoff schedule among running backs. I want to see this guy get cooking. He could be, he was a league winner last year down the stretch. Would not be surprised at all if David Montgomery does that yet again. All right, y'all. Give us a like. We're going to wide receivers. We're in the home stretch. Wide receiver head end. Give us a like. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, we're up to like, I don't know, 30 so far. Uh, give us some more. Come on. We want more. Yeah, wide receivers. Keenan Allen. You're higher on Keenan Allen than the experts. Only two spots. You got him as your 11. They like him at 13. Elijah Moore, who you've been all over this year. This is a big discrepancy. Going against Miami. You got him as your wide receiver 26. The experts like him at 40. That's 14 difference. Yeah, I don't know what people aren't seeing from the kid. I mean, yes, the usage has been disconcerting. You know, 26% uh, or 26th rather in total snap percentage and only 40th percentage, 40th in, in routes run. Yeah, I get it. The usage hasn't quite been there. And even with that bland usage, he's been the wide receiver five these last three weeks. He's got a touchdown in all three of the last games since Zach Wilson has not been on the field. 
Joe Flacco last week came in, and who caught a touchdown as soon as Flacco came in? Elijah Moore. He targeted him religiously. I, I This has the makings of that like second teamish sexy bond of Flacco coming in, Moore going crazy. He's only 4,500, I believe. It might be 4,800 on DraftKings. I, I think he's a lineup lock for you standard leaguers, you rest, you rest of season guys, and also in DFS, I'm locking him into all my lineups. Big, big fan of him. And then Keenan Allen just comes down to the fact that this guy has seen 11 or more targets in three straight weeks since the bye. He's become the engine. It's been coming at the expense of Mike Williams, but it seems to me like that is going to be the trend moving forward rather than Mike Williams reclaiming any type of territory. That does not seem likely to me. I think Keenan Allen continues to roll in a great matchup this week. I guess great's a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but to me, he should never be outside the top 12 receivers from here on out. And you got Mike Williams in your lower, but it's not that big a deal because you have like 100 guys in your lower here. Let's read yeah. them real quick. Amari Cooper going against KC. You got him as your wide receiver 18, three below the experts. The aforementioned Mike Williams going at Pittsburgh, wide receiver 28, four below the experts. DJ Moore, who actually we got asked about in a, you know one of those fast cash questions earlier. He's going against Washington. You like him at 31. The experts like him at 21. That is a pretty big discrepancy. And finally, Jarvis Landry playing at Detroit. Seems like a juicy matchup. You got him at 35. The experts like him at 30. Yeah, let's go real fast. Cooper and Mike Williams, you can summarize them both the same way. They hurt you far more often than they help you. This is me banking on the fact that neither helps you this week. Of the two, I mean, Amari Cooper does get Kansas City. That's a joke matchup. He should be able to roast, but I'm done giving this guy passes. If I can bench either of them, I want to. I'm fucking so sick of them. They're just so annoying. DJ Moore, it's like, yeah, Cam should be an upgrade, but what do we? the matchup's right. The talent's there. He does have a pre-established rapport. I shouldn't be this low, and yet he hasn't finished inside the top 30 receivers in five of the last six weeks. His highest finish, I believe, was wide receiver 28. Like, very, very, very mediocre and still gets this rep as like a must-play wide receiver too. No thank you, in my opinion. And then we get to Jarvis Landry. Again, like you said, should he smash? Absolutely. It's Detroit. They're horrendous. But what's going to happen? The Browns are going to steamroll them on the ground. They're barely going to throw. We're going to see maybe four targets go his way. Maybe we see two to three catches for about 30 yards. He hasn't scored above five fucking fantasy points in the last two weeks. I'm not going to go bank on it just because it's Detroit. The fact Maybe he'll find the end zone. I'm not banking on it. He's out of my lineups where I have him. No thank you. All right. Hail Mary. Jamal Agnew, who lives on this list, going against San Every Francisco. Week, you, you, I feel like it's been at least four weeks in a row. Um, still don't, 12% roster don't know one more to say about him. It's uh, 12% owned. He seems like a decent pickup if you're desperate or even if you're not desperate. Uh, Marcus Johnson going against Houston, 15% owned. Gabriel Davis going against the Colts, 2% owned. Yeah, they're all great options. Big fan at top of the list, as you said, Jamal Agnew has 10. Uh, actually, when we move it over to half PPR, 10, 13, 5, and 14. Three games of his last four in double digits. Three of his last four in the top 30 receivers since dj chark went down he's the wide receiver 30 in fantasy so he's been a very viable wide receiver three and he's still only 12 percent rostered san fran is a top 10 matchup for wide receivers this guy didn't even catch a ball last week and still finished with over 14 fantasy points because he's also now involved as a runner too they're feeding him the ball however they can he's outscored marvin jones every week since dj chark went down and yet marvin jones is routinely ranked ahead of him I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Love me some Jamal Agnew. Marcus Johnson ran a 22% target share with Julio Jones out, who's on the IR. He's kind of like the immediate slide in filling. Had 100 yards, five catches. Both of those led the uh, the Titans. Yes, A.J. Brown is probably going to destroy the Texans. How much he's going to leave up for grabs? Probably not that much because you don't need that many receivers to go off when you're facing this pathetic of a team. But still, it could just as easily be Marcus Johnson, who has a complete skill set. And he just got it done. The last time that we saw Julio Jones out, he had seven points as well. So, I mean, the guy has been pretty viable. Both times we've seen Julio miss the full game, and he's been the full fill-in. And then Gabe Davis with, with Cole Beasley so dinged up. This guy last week had 100 yards. He's getting deep. He's playing a bigger route. He's just got a better skill set, more juicy skill set than uh, Cole Beasley. He was the wide receiver 20 last week. It, this is how it goes with him, though. He was, had 11 points, was the wide receiver 29, zero and then 12. So you might get a zero. That's the risk. But if you're this desperate that you need a 2% rostered receiver, or if you're looking on DraftKings for like a 30, he's $3,900, not, you, you could do a whole lot worse than Gabriel Davis at 3,900 on DraftKings. 
must watch is can Rashad Bateman continue ascending? We talked about that a little bit. Uh, Hollywood's not playing. You know, I think we're going to get some that on steroids. Probably it's going to be uh, up. Devonte Smith is he a permanent lineup lock? I would say yeah, unless you're just overly stacked. And Panthers wide receivers with Cam under the center. Definitely interested in that. I'm just as interested in seeing how CMC benefits or doesn't benefit by having Cam there. Yeah, I think he scored. I saw a bad stat for you, Nat, with CMC. I think it's like 12 touchdowns with Cam Newton across like two seasons and then like 13 in one season without him. I don't know. It was. I, it might be a little I mean, exaggerated by what I'm saying, but it, was, it wasn't great. I don't even know if CMC has scored a touchdown this year. I'm not sure if he has. <laughs> and, and he's like the RB4 or something. Like, right. At least that's why he's so damn good. So that's I don't know. So I mean, yeah, awesome. sure. I'd love it if he was scoring, but like, yeah. you know, hasn't done it yet. I don't think. Exactly. Go ahead. I think I just, Rashad Bateman is one of those guys that like every time you see him play, he's wide receiver. He's an alpha. He, like, he should be an alpha. He's not used like an alpha, but you watch a guy that looks like he's going to be one of those top 10 receivers in the NFL for years and years to come. So he's always on my must watch list. I just can't see wait to see what the guy does. He finally saw more catches than Marquise Brown. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see that switch flip. At I some point either. this year, as early as this week. And Devonta Smith, back-to-back 20-point days. He's actually benefiting right now from that run-heavy approach because his play action, he's finding so many gaps. Jalen Hurts is finally finding him with his offense more crafted to his skill set. I think he's going to be a lineup lock. This would be a very telling week, especially given his Lattimore, a very physical corner on him as a smaller receiver. This will show us, can he get it done against everybody in the NFL? I think he can. I'm looking forward to it, but definitely something I'm watching. All right, we got to fly here. Uh, we got 116 in the question. Uh, Fuck chamber. yeah, let's go, baby. Tight ends. Hunter Henry against Cleveland. You're higher on him. Tight end five. That's three above the experts. I actually like where your ranking is. Also, Dawson Knox against the Colts. Tight end six, five above the experts. I like that one, too. Yeah, Atlanta bottom 10 against tight ends. Two touchdowns this last week for Hunter Henry. Scored in all but one game in his last eight. He's finding the end zone. There's no doubt he finds the end zone once. It's just a matter of does he find it twice and become the number one tight end like he was last week, or does he score once and he's top 10? I think he scores twice. That's why I have the tight end five. And Dawson Knox, the Colts are bottom five against the tight end position. Absolutely think after last week's dud, I'll go right back to the well. I think he gets himself back on track, gets into the end zone. I remember last week, remember, I I forget the exact, actually, I don't remember. I forget the exact set, is 93% passing touchdowns. Of all the touchdowns that have been scored against the Colts, 93%, 93% have come through the pass. Sorry, this treehouse is starting to hit a little bit, and I love it. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to throw some touchdowns this week. Josh Allen's going to go berserk. And I definitely think Dawson Knox is on the receiving end of at least one. Lower, Kyle Pitts. We've talked about him going against Pats tonight. You got him at tight end four. The experts like him at six. TJ Hawkinson of the zero receptions for zero yards club that he joined last week. Going against the Browns, you got him at 12. The experts giving him way too much respect, in my opinion. Happened with at five. Dalton Schultz against KC. Tight end 15, six lower than the experts. Explain the Schultz one to me. Yeah, so Schultz, since Gallup came back, he's been averaging 20% target share. When Gallup came back, 6% target share. Okay, Complete there you go. Utter dud. Uh, so no Schultz anymore for me. He's bordering on a drop at this point when you got those types of weapons. And then Kyle Pitts, going to get taken out from the Pats. He's actually down to tight end 11 for me now that Gronk is playing. So five spots, but six spots now below the ECR. They have him at tight end five. I think the Pats erase this guy. Hawkinson, as you mentioned, the goose egg. And just like overrated at this point. I mean, tight end 12 would have, he's he's been a top 12 tight end. Twice, no, three times, four times a season, four times a season. So like a third of the time, something like that. So yeah, exactly. Not not a great ratio and not a good matchup for him to go get it again. All right. Uh, Hail Mary, Dan Arnold. Can't believe he's still only 37% rostered. I actually like him more than some of the guys that you probably just read, or at least one of them. Yeah. Uh, also Cole Komet going against Baltimore, 22% owned. Adam Troutman, let's not forget about him at the Eagles, only 6% owned. Yeah, I, of course my favorite here is Dan Arnold, over 20% target share in all but one game across his last five. He's got 11, 8, and 11 across his last three. Been a just rock-solid, high, just floor guy. The ceiling, of course, low, low-scoring offense, but still would much rather have him than Dalton Schultz and some of these other guys. I have him above TJ Hawkinson this week. I would have Ben Hawkinson, let him get it figured out. And then Cole Komet, last game out, had... 87 yards, a career high, six catches as well on eight targets. All of those were career highs. He didn't find the end zone and still had 12 points, was still the tight end six. And Baltimore's given up the third most points to the tight end position. I think Cole Komet continues to roll, especially if we don't have Allen Robinson. Troutman's facing a Philadelphia team that gave up the most points to tight ends so far this season. He's seen six, six, and seven targets in his last three games. That type of work, 
against a bad Philadelphia team could result in a solid day. Go to Cole Komet first, but if he's gone, Adam Troutman's out there in pretty much every league and could actually get you a touchdown. Last All righty, Nat. That's last it, right? Last but not least. No, we got must-watches. Can Darren Waller get his shit together? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> Pratt Firemuth off last week's dud. We're interested in watching him. And Gerald Everett, build on the eight-target day? Question mark, question mark. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. You summarized them all. <laughs> great. Watching. We have so many fucking questions that I'm just going to cut it there. And we are now going to hit the... And that's all of them. We got there, Truth. 820 and we still made it. Wolfpack, thank you so much. We really appreciate you being here. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing. If you want to be here, turn on the bell so you know when we go live. Maybe we can start this one like 15 minutes earlier because I do. it just gets crazy. I can do Maybe it. Maybe we'll start at 645 next time. Monday through Thursday, always at 7 p.m. as of right now. We might go to 645 on Thursdays. We will see because this is always fucking nuts. And I love it. It's craziness, but I don't want to miss guys' questions. And please stop repeating questions, guys. You know better than that. Um, thank you guys so much, Ben Tomzik, grab an oxygen mask. I fucking need one. My asthma is about to fucking go through the roof at this point. But you guys are the best. You know our content at rotostreetjournal.com. We breed and feed you fancy wolves. One rock. Love you being here, answering people's questions. Great to see you time and time again. Thank you guys. We've got some subs. Awesome. You guys, praise. Uh, awesome. We don't need I mean, I love the praise, actually. I shouldn't pretend like I don't. You guys are amazing. But we would appreciate you guys logging in, getting us that sub, helping us keep uh, boosting it out. We, we do our best to try to get through them all, man. It is it's definitely a sprint there at the end. Uh, but thank you again. Rico, I go Dan over Hawkinson. If you're talking about Dan Arnold as well. Uh, I think that is it. RoseRegional.com. We breed and feed fancy wolves. If you prefer podcasts, the fancy fullback dive is there for you guys as well. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. You're already on YouTube, but sweet. And a world full of, uh, I'm the wolf. I'm the truth. World full of fancy sheep, guys. Be that wolf. Later. I we used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. Football right there, folks.